All right, let's uh let's start from the bottom, bottom of the barrel. I wonder if we we have a few in common here, Brian. Why don't you kick us off? Tell us what made the bottom of the list for you on Kyle's Mitrap books. Well, so so I want to be clear. I don't think any of them are bottom of the barrel because I've right. read many thrillers that are oh, bad. Uh, none of these are there. So my eighth was Order to Kill. Um, second, right? Second Kyle book. I'm not going crazy, correct? Second one yep. coming off yep, of yep, Survivor. Yes. Solid. Good. Uh, again, I think it was... Uh, there were parts of it I loved. It was awesome. But those first few post-Survivor, I think I was still adjusting to Kyle. Um, and I think Kyle was, I don't know if he would say, maybe still adjusting to writing a Mitch Rapp book, right? Like, what do, what do you need to have in a Mitch Rapp book? How do I tell, probably, how do you tell an original story? And I, God bless him, I don't know how he does it because... It's so difficult, right? You you have to tell a Mitch Rapp story, but then you also have to create an independent story where, you know, you can't create a character to drive story, right? Like, you know who has to drive the story. It's like a Mission Impossible movie, right? Like, I, I know I need four crazy stunts. Tom Cruise to do four crazy stunts. How am I going to get him to those four points? So that like your creative, like I think that's amazing. So Order the Kills down there, still a great book. I loved it, enjoyed it, but on the bottom for me. Should I go through all mine? You want me to do all seven? Why don't you, why don't you say your last one, Mike? So... Last one, again, really good book. I think it was the believability on this one. And Dawn's going to be upset. One of our super fans and, and patrons, Dawn, loves this book. I had to go with Red War uh, at, the, at the, the eighth spot. It was some really compelling storytelling. Really liked the stuff. Was it Latvia, Lithuania, mm. where Scott and Mitch are on the ground in this war? However, there was too much stuff where he's sneaking in to to find Krupin in that bunker in the heart of Russia that I just couldn't buy. I remember they tell one of the guards they're bird watching for some national conservancy <laughs> they have permission to be there, and they sneak up right in the bunker where the president is being treated the president of Russia is being treated with chemo. So great story, intriguing plot, but there were a few things on the viability factor that, that brought that one down for me. Red War, eighth spot. All right, I uh, I had uh, total power. I just Ooh. I couldn't I could not get into total power at all. Um, I don't know if it was just the timing of total power that was the <laughs> that was the COVID book. I just didn't I didn't love it. I felt like there wasn't enough Mitch. You know, he it really pissed me off when he like also kind of cool and funny when he was like, <laughs> I'm I'm going away and find me until I can't do anything until you find me someone to kill. And just like I wasn't big into Power Station as a villain, so yeah, that's that. That was that was my book. And I guess we'll do like a snake draft order here. So I'll do my my next one. I the next one is Red War, Mike, and for all the reasons you said, like you know, it's it's the weakest of his Russian trilogy. And we we actually like we pointed on the pod like things that could have elevated that book a little bit more. You know, like the 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 the, the other guy, the other Russian guy, not the president. Like if if he had been. You know, more Sokolov. interesting, or at least Sokolov. Yeah, like it would that would have elevated that book, but ultimately, you know, that wasn't wasn't the best. Again, like, got to preface what Brian said: none of these are duds. It's just right. like you have you have to rank. You know, 
I'm going to say the same about Total Power, actually, because that got my oh, seventh flip-flop. spot. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I had to put that a little lower. I did find the concept intriguing. And very often, sure. Kyle, I love the questions he's asking. He, he has crazy concepts, man. It, right. I love the questions he's asking. I'm just slightly underwhelmed sometimes at how they're addressed. And I almost want more of it. I think Total Power would have been better for me if the fallout of that attack and the damage it, it did to the country carried forth a little bit. I felt like Enemy at the Gates almost we moved on too quick. And Total Power left me wondering, what is a post almost post-apocalyptic America, like not only so many dead, but so much of our infrastructure that vulnerable. And we we were ready to literally eat each other over it, you know, and the country was torn apart. I think I would have liked to see that continue a little more. And so it almost, almost felt like a one-off when there was no real follow-up to Total Power. And I was really hoping a post-Total Power world would have been shockingly different. Um, and we kind of just went back to normal again. That plus Power Station, Again, really great things. Power Station in the committee hearing on the Hill, I think was so Flinian. And I love the move to have this smart jackass power station mouthing off in Congress. But that was like an isolated thing. After that, I didn't care for Power Station much. So there were some some big hits that, that were out of the park. But unfortunately, there were a lot of foul balls. So that's the 7-8. <laughs> Brian, go. I don't know if you can keep the baseball metaphor going. Um, but. I can't. Okay, good. Uh, my seventh is Enemy of the State. See, I'm different than you guys. I liked it again, but the ones you guys didn't like, I was my favorite of the Russian trilogy, Ooh. which was actually oh, Russian. Wow. Interesting. Red, which was Red War. Uh, Enemy State, another great one. I kind of loved what they did with Mitch there. I thought it was... A beginning of a, a transformation, a little bit of <clears throat> Kyle's Mitch starting to come through a little bit more in terms of where we were starting to see him go. So I like that one. So that was my seventh. And then sixth is the most recent Oath of Loyalty. Um, I enjoyed yeah, this is it. also where I have it as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, there were elements of it that I really liked. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about it at all. I I maybe don't feel the cooks were as rushed as some people. I just like because most of his most of Vince's storytelling with big bads never lasted really more than two books. True. So that part, like if you go back to early, early Vince, and I'm thinking yeah, like, like Clark was only two books. Yeah, like third option, separation of power, Vince. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't yeah. carry on for a really long time. Would I have, I like to have played that out longer? Yeah. But if you're looking at it as like Oath is a direct sequel to Enemy, okay, I get it. I think he did a nice job with like the paranoia of Anthony Cook and why he would self disintegrate, you know, and the wife. And I thought some of it was a little rushed a little you know with the his buddy who comes in like that part yeah a little maybe a little rush but i still like oath uh i think it's interesting where mitch was taken really interesting now considering there's only one other book to kind of clean up some of these ideas that were really being brought to the forefront like there are a lot of big ideas not only an enemy but oath kind of carries those ideas 
forward in a really significant way. Um, so now I'm kind of intrigued in terms of like, is Don down with that storytelling? And we're going to get a continuation of this idea of where Irene's going and what she's going to do at it. Like, where are they all going back to government service? You know, like, what's that going to be? Like, is it now, uh, Irene, you're back at the CIA. Oh, wait, now, Irene, you're president. And uh, Mitch, you can come back. And now you're running the CIA. Is that where we're going with it? Because I, I, in my mind, that's not where Kyle was going with it. No. Yeah. Nicholas Ward. But he took, he pumped the brakes on Nicholas Ward. Was that intentional? I don't know. So that's my point. So I think Oath of Loyalty could be bumped up. Mm-hmm. Depending on what we see from Code Red, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with that. I actually just put an, uh, excuse me, I put Oath of Loyalty a few spots up because in the six seven spot, I had seven Order to Kill, and just above it, Enemy of the State. And I I don't remember much about Enemy of the State, but the reason I bumped it and it got that six spot, the crazy or that five spot. Stuff? I I remember it was really impressive bringing Donatella and Grisha back. Mm, right. To do just one, I think, would have been, you know, uh, pretty impressive. But I think to do both in a way that's believable and buyable, I think, is masterclass. And I, there was no reason this cast of characters should be together. But they did come together for Mitch's sake. You know, when he needed to call in a favor, he knew how to call in that favor he knew the motivations of people who were his at different times, his enemies and his allies. And that's one thing from the very beginning. Mitch was, he was almost like a psychological hero. Vince really gave Mitch early qualities and transfer of power, being able to read people and read a room and know when to show force and when to be that rabid dog in their face. He, he almost could read a scene he learned that from Stansfield, I think. Let's not forget Thomas Stansfield. And I, I think Mitch was so good at that. And in Enemy of the State, I saw little hints of that Mitch, a smart Mitch, not manipulative in a in an evil sense, but able to recognize relationships where they're at. And so the fact that he got Donatella and Grisha operating, was it Maslick at that point? Um, and maybe someone else. And he had this, this dream team, the mashup, as we've called it, Chris. I he had the really young impressive. kid, right? Yeah, was the like, young uh, kid. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then Donatella recommending a threesome. Like, come on, dude. That, that, that is just beyond. <laughs> and it's so Donatella. He, he knew yeah. who Donatella was with a line like that. Yeah. So I, I also had uh, at the, the sixth spot um, the most recent book, Oath of Loyalty. And pretty much for everything you said. And I, I guess the highlight is like the – how incomplete I thought it was. And I think, you know, you can kind of read through the lines, through, through the interviews, uh, through the press releases and stuff like stuff that he had to cut out, how, you know, it, it, it felt like that. And there's other times where like people reference, Oh yeah, I had to take some stuff out. And you just like, Oh, I didn't notice it. It was kind of seamless, but this one, you could kind of see the cracks a little bit um, in terms of like how he had to about face, you know, he, or at least, maybe not about face, but like he had had when he started out enemy at, at the gates, you know, he had had this vision and then because of, you know, different circumstances, him being the Nostradamus he is, you know, sort of writing uh, a January 6th style insurrection 
before it actually happens. Like, you know, and obviously the editor's not wanting to have that in their novels. So I think Kyle has been dealt some things that were out of his control. And I just, this one just didn't, didn't come together for me. So that's why I had to put the, put it there. And then uh, right after that, I have order to kill. And it's, um, you're pretty much for everything you said. I, the follow-up for how much I like the survivor, it was like, all right, book, you know, we talk about this all the time. The second books are all, are almost harder than the first books, right? You know, like you, you have this idea you're working on forever and then all right, you got to come up with it. And you know, authors either they nail it or they, you know, they go really bad or, you know, they just kind of like, what did it kill was good. It was a solid novel. And I think like he sort of grew, began to get his, his feet, you know, the further he got along. All right. What are we five now? Am I five? What did everybody just do? Yeah, I think we're on five. Okay. So my fifth is red war. Um, okay. I just, I like the action in red war and I like Scott and Mitch in red war. I think that's what drew me to that one. In some ways, I understand there's pushback. The the Russian trilogy is an interesting one, right? Um, it is probably his most, as you guys already said, his most complete arc throughout the series, maybe. Um, I, I just remember of those three, like that one, I, I just go back to initial readings of it being the one that connected me, with me the most of the three. Um, but I, I do think you could really order those three any way you wanted to in, in terms of what was there. I, I'm not like wed to somebody saying, Oh, red war is the worst of the three or the best of the three or the middle of the three. You know, that's just kind of where it sat for me. Um, I thought it was a little bit more complete maybe than oath. Again, I oath loyalty. I could bump above it. I just need to see where some of those ideas yeah. that were intro in it. And then my fourth would be the survivor, um, and I and I put that so high because for for several reasons. One, I think there's some pretty awesome sequences within it, but just it gets a lot of credit for me in terms of just how impressive it was that he pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yep, like everything was riding on that. Like if that had not worked, let's say that that he could not have pulled that off. We're not into book twenty-two, and we're not talking about Don Bentley being brought on. Um, you know, if two years into this they had to say like, "Oh, the Kyle Mills is done. Now we're bringing in whoever," and then if we were on the fourth person or fifth person writing Vince Flynn's Mitrap by now. I don't know if I'd still be around for it. So, I mean, Survivor gets yeah. a lot of credit in in my mind. <laughs> this for podcast that. probably doesn't exist. No, and the yes, Stan yes, Hurley is. stuff is awesome. And um, yeah, I just I, I there's some interactions with Irene and Mitch in there where he like they're trying to start to pull him back, you know, to the reservation. You know, they're trying to be like, okay, we can't have you just be a person who's going around killing people with no conscience like that's not some of that that he layered in there and set up for future books i and so i just i i think it's of 
I don't, I don't know. I don't. I can't compare it to anything anybody else has done. If you ask me to go read the first book that when somebody took over for Clancy or the first book when somebody took over for Patterson or Cussler, nothing compares to that. I, I just feel like there is like you read it and you'd be like, yeah, there's this is not Tom Clancy. Like Tom Clancy did not read the, write this one. Whereas if you just handed somebody the survivor and said, how much of this book did Vince write? How much of it did Kyle write? And you would yeah. never guess how much Vince wrote in that book, which was like nothing. A page, right? Was it two pages? Something a page? Like three pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never would guess that. And that is the sign of just an unbelievably gifted writer, in my opinion. Totally agree. Spot on. Yep. All right, what's your number four, Mike? Yeah, I think I said my five and six. So let's do four. And then top three, I'm really interested. I, I can kind of see where you guys are at. But four, I gave it to Oath of Loyalty. Okay. I yeah. I put it above a couple of the other ones. I will say I was a bit of a prisoner of the moment when it came out. I still think in many ways I stand by my statement that it was Kyle's consent to kill. I will not say that because it's his best book, the way most would say it is Vince's best book, but I think it's the one where he brought us to the depths of Mitch's humanity, as we've been saying, and we finally saw what happens when his family's under attack with Claudia and it was the height of Claudia on the logistics that hit on the South Africa house, you know, where she's in his ear giving him the comms that reminded me of the hit in consent to kill on the house out in Leesburg. So I just saw so many parallels to that book. I really liked it a lot. I think there are holes. I don't, I think looking back, it doesn't maybe age as well in my memory as, as I initially hoped it would. There are some like side adventures. We go to this en Enzo Ruiz guy in Spain. We're blowing up a mountain in a drug cartel in Guatemala with Scott. Cool That's a pretty cool, cool sequence, though. It, dude, it's awesome sequences. That's why I initially loved the book when it came out. Do those scenes really carry weight in the grand scheme of things? Not really. You know, do they do they have anything memorable besides being badass, kick-ass scenes? Eh. So... I think I liked Oath of Loyalty a lot at the moment. I still like it a lot. Maybe not as high as I was on it when it first came out. So I think it's going to sit comfortably at the four spot. All right. All right. Yeah, so my number four is Enemy of the State. Um, and I I really connected with that one because I liked the team aspect of it. We hadn't really seen, you know, the one thing where, you know, Covering all these different series, you, you like pick out different things. And one of the things we're not liking, not or not liking, but like one of the things we note about Brad and and Scott is the lack of continuity with like the people he teams up with. Like he, he almost mm -hmm. has like an, an enemy of the state, like every book where he has to yeah. like bring in like this cast of characters. And I liked how we got that in Mitch uh, for Mitch for, for almost the first time, really. Like, I guess you, you, there are a couple of books that had like, you know, one-off characters, but like you didn't have this like team aspect of it, you know, um, almost like an Ocean's Eleven style type type writing to bring in a movie for you, Brian. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I have double enemies. Like I'm going to number three is Enemy of the Gates. I don't know. I really like this book a lot. I hated it. I, li I liked yep. it. I, yeah. I, I hated it. And then I ultimately came out like, I really like this book. I, I don't know why I, I do. And I guess I like it even more post oath, like because I I want to just go back to like that, like yep. Um, but yeah, that's 
and so obviously you can tell what my my final two are going to be. <laughs> I I think I'm shocked that it's in all three of our top threes, just because the flack that book got for, in a lot of ways from the fan base and other elements of of Mitch Raptum. Yet it made its way into all three of us super fans top three books Kyle ever wrote. Well, I, I so my number three is Enemy at the Gates as well, and I, I don't understand the pushback against it at all but literally my top three are are all ones in which he challenged readers in ways that mitch had not been used before the amount mitch has been used how he used other characters to do things that mitch would have done in the past like Mm -hmm. that is interesting storytelling and it's it's uncomfortable at times, right? Because you want to read it. And if you have this construct in your mind of what Mitch should do, and Mitch should do this in every instance, like that's, that's not growth. That's, you know, there's, there's no reason to invest 25 hours of my life to reread the same book again. And I never felt like I was rereading the same book a single time with any of Kyle's novels. Yeah, there wasn't as there was and yep. the fact that he was willing and the, and they do feel self-contained ideas and it's the thing I am drawn I think the most to about Kyle's work is the these these big ideas that he's challenging and 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 I'll push back a little bit because I do think that there's there's more embedded in enemy at the gates coming out of total power than you maybe see at first. Like the mm. cooks are basically there because of what happened true, in total true. power. That's true. The, you know what the, the power, the way that they're taking that, that grab is directly tied to the collapse of that government and the idea that people are willing and they feel they're willing, able to sustain what it is they're doing to someone like Irene and Mitch comes out of their ability to manipulate that situation. You're right. So you're it, right. it's maybe not as overt as we would see. And, you know, they're interesting characters because maybe they're not as overt villains as we would see as a terrorist, right? Or a foreign intelligence agency. But they're, they are possibly the scariest characters in any Mitch Rapp novel right, because yeah, they, they're also the most believable. And, right. and what he did in each one of my top three books is he has this unbelievably unnerving ability to pinpoint what is happening in the world. Yeah. In into you know weave that in the coronavirus piece, the total power piece where somebody literally attacked the power grid, you know, several months ago. That happened. You know, we know what happened coming off of Lethal Agent, right? We know in Enemy at the Gates he had to edit out the part where he had written this. I I still do anything for him to be able to send me those pages that he had to cut out because I'm really intrigued. Right. Maybe he'll recycle yes. those in the new book. Um, but Enemy at the Gates challenged Mitch in ways beyond just physical. 
Right. And I love your take there. I love that, that to me is it was it, it is uncomfortable, right? Because you sit there and you're like, I haven't seen Mitch in a while. But the strength of Kyle is where I don't have to count the pages where it's Mitch. I'll be like, all right, I gotta read the style, blah, blah, blah. He he did go off on little adventures with other people, and but I was okay with that because I feel like he was consistent in his storytelling and how he was going to do that. There was an opening up of the universe in ways that allowed what happened to Mike Nash to make sense, right? In connection with what Vince had laid the breadcrumbs for, and if he hadn't expanded that universe in terms of allowing us to spend so much time with other characters like Scott, like the team, like Irene, like Grisha, I don't think we would have been open for that. It would have been too jarring. Wait, now Mike Nash is bad? Like, what? Like, he's not, yeah. we need that villain. So I, I loved what he did there. I, it was a huge swing. Um, and honestly, I thought it was brilliant. I, I I never really got the pushback against it. I think your reading on that is perfect. And it's making me like total power even more. <laughs> You're 100% right. It The reason we have the cooks is because lethal agent, we got hit with a virus or almost. Total power, we got hit at the grid. And Americans needed somebody you know, to give up those freedoms to get that safety, right? We were willing to right. pick a guy who sounded strong, said the right things, and you'd almost just do whatever they wanted you to do just because it can't get any worse than this. So, you know, well, let's find that savior. And but so Total it, Power launched the cooks. But the interesting thing, too, is if you think about who the cooks are, and we know what they really are because we see who they are, but the the message they're perceiving to people, right? To regular people that they're putting out. If you were a fictional character living this world, we're going to do whatever we need to do. We're not going to be standing back and letting the world do. Think about some of the ideas of the role Mitch was playing in early Flynn's Flynn books. He was saying, we have to hit back. You know, we can't sit back and allow this to occur. And that's what made him our champion. Right. Because we were, we're like, no, we need to defend ourselves. And they, what the beautiful counterplay for me with those characters are in the case of Mitch, you have somebody who authentically believes and is doing those things that he is saying. And the cooks are not. No. And there is a difference from where we were when Vince was writing those books to where we are with Kyle now and what those and who is using that message and how that message is being used. So the message that could have been used where the, the what Vince was saying with Mitch, you could buy into because there was an authenticity to it. And now that message is being exploited and corrupted by people like the Cooks. And that part of that story is, is just so interesting to me and how he allowed through his books to show how America got to that point was right. also really interesting to me. And that's why Irene is out. Irene picked up on exactly what you picked up on and that's why she's I think that's why she's out and that's why she's considering is someone like a Nicholas Ward these trillionaires you might call them aristocrats in some way are are they a better hope for the future than the institutions of the American government hmm this is why we have you on the show that's, that's my long long-winded diatribe on, on enemy of the gates 
<laughs> which we all had at number three. <laughs> we did. Make sure you subscribe to Brian's podcast, The Com Majors. If you like insight like that <sighs> and you like movies, well, that's the podcast for you, The Com Majors. <laughs> now, what's everybody's number two? Because this is where I think we're going to separate. I actually know we're going to separate. Yeah. So all of us have not said Lethal Agent. Lethal so I'm really Agent. interested. To, yeah. to, 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 what do you have at number two, Mike? Guys, I gave Lethal Agent the one spot. I put the Survivor in the two spot. All right. Mm, we have the exact same, Mike. We do. Uh, very interesting. I'm not going to go on much about it. We we hashed out the Survivor, how important it is to the series. Yeah. But just quickly on it, Stan Hurley's final moments mm. intertwined so closely with Louis Gould. And yeah, literally. To be able to bring back Louis Gould, that's crazy. It was fabulous call. Oh my God! You're well, not no, I guess he was brought back in the Last Man, but but to the way he did it, correct? Yeah. Was to fabulous. pick up on Vince brought Louis Gould back for a purpose in the Last to Man, kill him. <laughs> it, which means Vince had a plan to end him, to write him out and have him very dramatically cut out of the picture, or else you wouldn't bring him back. And for Kyle to pick up on that and realize that will give me the freedom to make Grisha down the road, you know, a book from right. now, to 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 put his own stamp on the universe, but also do what Vince wanted. It was the perfect blending of the two. And, and oh my God, when Mitch lets Hurley get the kill, he allows that to be Hurley's kill when Hurley bites his carotid artery out <laughs> and Mitch could shoot Gould as he's squirming away, bleeding out. Mitch says, no, nah, I'll give it to the old man. Oh my God. And then he touches rap on the shoulder for a man, for two men, who you think sentimental, emotional moments should be nowhere within a hundred miles of them, Hurley and rap. It was so deep and emotional when, when they're there and they're talking and to, to do that in your first rap book and kill off characters that again, you're being bold, you're being brave, killing off two iconic characters going all the way back to American assassin with Stan Hurley consent to kill with Louis Gould. You kill him off in your first book, and you do it so tastefully. I just think it was brilliant. Uh, the Survivor, so good. That's your two spot. Brian, what's your two spot? My two is Lethal Agent. Okay. okay. So, right. okay. Uh, poetic on it. Yeah. I, again, I thought. Wow. So that total power is number one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought Lethal Agent, great action. Some some that's those scenes in Mexico, you know, just loved some of that. Um, and there was it was interesting. There were big elements that like thematically that I like that Kyle does in books. But I there was also just the action in that one had that great that really good balance between the old school Vince action and then a lot of what I've liked about the world building and the geopolitical elements of what Kyle does. And I just thought the blending of those two worked in a really, a really interesting way. And I, and I also think it was a story that was believable because of what he had done to that character. Like that, that journey that he goes on in that story makes a lot of sense. Also, again, the thing I like is, you know, moving forward in the other books, the physical toll mm -hmm. that the end of that story has. And now there's probably also an element 
of then COVID hits. Yeah. Right. right. You know, and you're like, like the weight of that story, the weight of the research he does that I'm sure people knew something like this was potentially out there. And it just the pay, I love the pacing of it too. You know, the, it's almost, it felt pacing. like everything was like really counting down. Yeah. And, and I, that's not something I would say I usually think of, 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 as a Kyle Mitch book where I feel like a stopwatch is going, like but 24. That, yeah. Yeah. That one yeah. felt like it to me. So again, yeah. when you, when you put that in a row of, you know, where lethal agent came, you know, you're coming out of red war where you've kind of had that Russian trilogy. You're going somewhere different. The next one off of that's total power. And then you go into the cooks, you're getting some really interesting ideas back to back to back to back. Um, that are unique. And again, I'd say with like the, those those books, you are getting different ideas. You're not feeling, you're not picking up and saying, I'm, I'm re- I've read this already. You know, this is, this is something that's got all the Mitch feel and plus the Kyle world in it. So I, I was a big fan of Lethal Agent. Yeah, so were we. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's my number one book. And I, I, I think, Brian, you probably, you know, said everything that I was going to say, but like the, I, it probably does have an impact that we, we read it and then COVID hit and we saw, you know, elements of that book in it. And then I like the, like the more quieter moments interplaced with the action in that, in the novel. Like we start off with like him, like, was it supposed to be like Justin Bieber, like style? He's <laughs> like right. protecting like, like essentially a Justin Bieber type, you yeah, know, that's right. uh, like just the funny moments. And then also like the quieter moments in Mexico where he's like, you know, he has to fight for his life, you know, and like that, that scene where with, with the dogs and the mm-hmm. cocaine and then he shows up and like a flash of lightning, like reveals him to like the, the guy that he ends up killing. Right. Um, and then you intermix bringing back in a villain, you know, from a couple books ago. Halabi. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's the overarching big bad. Yep. Like super brilliant, and that was the like the first time we saw like um, besides Gould, Kyle bring back a villain. I don't know. I just I really enjoyed that book. I don't know. Like, and I don't know. I feel like if I like that book, I should be like Brian, and I should like Total Power just as much because they're mm. so they're a great book back to back. Like because and w- one thing we, we I don't know we kind of said it, but like Kyle does not lack for creativity, like in choosing different story. Like I'm going to give you this pandemic book and the next one I'm going to go right into a freaking global winter. And then I'm going to come back you with this other one where I'm going to have the main villain be like a character you like, you've, you know, you, you really like be the, be the ultimate villain. Like it's, that's crazy. That three book arc when you think about it. And I don't know, I, I as we talk, Total Power, like like Martini, is is rising up. I don't know if we, we should is, be ranking it right is, now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. That's Lethal Agent. I just I, I really enjoy that book. Oh, I echo everything. I, there's a couple other scenes which seem minor compared to what you're talking about, but they hit so well. All the stuff in Yemen when we're first introduced to the virus. Oh, that's some that's some really good stuff Dude, in that. By the way, that part when, is oh. awesome. When they're fighting in the desert in the hazmat suits in that village, and then he lets the guys escape, 
yep. so that the terrorists chase him. He has them go up a hill and he goes straight out into the desert. And then like a few days later, he just shows up completely tattered and totally like bronzed and tanned from the sun. And he shows up at the cafe, which is the CIA, you know, not a safe house, but one of the CIA contacts. When he shows up there, it's like a Western, you know, it's like a Middle Eastern setting with a virus in the middle of a civil war. And I feel like I'm watching a Western, you know, it was just. He walks into the saloon, you know, the, the, the swinging doors of the saloon mm-hmm. snap open and Mitch Rapp is in a shadowed silhouette standing there. It's like uh, Tom Cruise at the beginning of Top Gun Maverick when oh, he walks yes. into the diner and he's just there. <laughs> he's just there and it's incredible. And then I think we have a chance to like Lethal Agent even more if this Damien Losa character is explored because he was connected to the drug cartels and the stuff in Carlos Esparza's house, the other uh, drug lord. Oh, yeah. Rap puts on his clothes in the dude's house. Yep. And then orders breakfast from his maid. Yeah. Like, no, it's so, it's, dude, it's a really, bone. just a really, the bone. He also uses He's the femur the to like, yeah. Yeah. He Such whittles a, down the dude's bone to use it as a lock pick. Like the, the blending of creativity, badassery. Intriguing storytelling, mm-hmm. plot pacing, as you said, it all comes together in Lethal Agent. It just hits, and it hits hard. Not not to even mention Christine Barnett. We loved her as a presidential we just candidate. Like that character a lot. Oh yeah, and she gets mentioned. So again, what we thought was a shortcoming, where she's just killed at the end. Pretty cool. What rap does to her, but yeah, we wanted more. Yeah. Well, she then motivates the paranoia of the cooks. Because in Oath of Loyalty, the cooks are like, they're convinced, look at what Mitch and Irene knew, what they did to Christine. (laughs) To be fair, they did. (laughs) They they knew it was Mitch and Irene's playbook or Mitch's playbook. And it freaks out the cooks, two, three, whatever books later, four books later, it could be if Code Red brings it up. So Damien Losa, Christine Barnett, all these callbacks. It it almost gets better with age. It's like a Napa Valley fine wine. You know, Kyle's writing (laughs) is getting better with age. So your one spot leaves you, Ryan, total power, total power, total power, which people might be listening and be like, what is this guy talking? (laughs) Does anybody watch TV? Because I I have a reference here. Have you ever watched the show The Wire? So Uh The Wire, right? So if you watch The Wire, at least my favorite character was McNulty. So I loved McNulty. I thought he was the best in everything. Arguably the best season of The Wire for everybody is the season McNulty's barely in. And that's the season when they go to the schools. And at Mm. first time you're watching it, you're so frustrated. I'm sitting there watching it the first time through and I'm like, there's not enough McNulty. Why is McNulty going off and doing these types of things? And that pays off in the latter seasons of The Wire. But you also get these really interesting explorations of ideas and themes and and you build it. That's what total power was to me the, mm. to understand Mitch's frustration. Yeah, he does go off, but it's also this really interesting psychological perspective of what happens to Mitch when there's nobody to put a bullet in like there, the, you know, what, right. what would a person like that do? And the interesting thing about this one is this one was terrifying. I, I'm not sure I've read a book that I was terrified by as much as this book. Because it was it was not a 9-11 a style attack. It was not 
a lethal virus that you need Yemen chemists and all these. It, it's a little somebody, bit of code. Some, and like some, some guns, and right? somebody could do that yeah. and have uh, tried. Yes. To do it. And what he does there with some of the stories and there's little offshoots in the stories. It is a, a, a you could argue, and I understand the pushback that is maybe less Vince in it, maybe less Mitch in it than you would want from a book. But as a story, when you look at it, I think it's one of those ones that's going to, I'll give you some movie references. Like nobody liked The Shining when it came out. Mm. Mm. Okay. And now everybody's like, oh, this isn't Stephen King's book. And now they look back and like, holy shit, The Shining. They're like, oh my Classic. God. I just think Total Power is one of those ones when you look at it from a storytelling perspective of what Kyle was doing. If you looked at that and you're not looking at it solely from a Mitch perspective and you're looking at the story he is trying to tell, it is, there's some good Mitch, like when he's beating the guys up at the diner and all that, like there's some of that element of it, but he took it in a really crazy way. And he set up something where at the end of that book, I was like, I, you have forever changed the world that these people are living in. And that is really risky. Like, right. how do you, and I, and I spent a lot of time and I actually, this was one of the books I had interviewed him for. They needed me to, they called me for his tour. And I just remember, I, and you can't do spoilers because this is the first week the book's out. So barely anybody's read it. And I'm just like, I have so many questions I want to ask you because I want to know where do you go when you know you have to write a Mitch Rapp book when his name is on the cover, right? Vince's name's on the top. <laughs> There's the logo on the cover. Then it says Kyle Mills. And right under it, it says a Mitch Rapp novel. Like, where do you go after that? And that, the fact that he told a story like that, that was still a Mitch Rapp story, but he's creative enough to do it in other ways, I think is a piece of art, is a piece of literature. It's one of the most imp impressed stories that I, I saw. And I'm just drawn to that and terrified by it. And it's a book that like still affects me. Like I have a friend who lives in the county in North Carolina where the person shot the power thing oh, out wow. and his power was shut off and all that stuff was there. And I was like, that's the type of thing where I look at him like, wow, he was a really, and it might not be for everybody. Like I love my consent to kill Mitch Rapp, but like those arcs and the ability, I would really say post red war to build the, where I think he was taking this world. And maybe he's just decided that he can't do that or he doesn't want to do it. I think you guys mentioned on the other pod, like he had a statement like, I want to tell stories, but I don't want to use Vince's characters to tell the stories I want to tell. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's at the point where he started to tell it, which I, by you the way, could I read those lines, you know, uh, sorry to cut you off. But yeah, you no. could read those lines. And is he, is he saying that? Or is it, he, people don't want him to, maybe not the, to, the higher, but, the higher ups don't want him to do that. No. And maybe fans, I don't know. This might be a wildly unpopular thing to say on the, Vince Flynn podcast, but Kyle's nine books in here. Like mm -hmm. to me, that character now, I mean, it's almost a decade he's put into that character. Yeah. So this, this idea that the, the Don Bentley books are going to say Vince Flynn, you know, Don Bentley and Mitch Rapp, and there's no reference to Kyle. Th to me, there's, 
I don't, I don't want to say something disingenuous to it, but I feel like that character has been so affected where if you continue this narrative and storyline that Kyle has done, there are so many elements of what Kyle has brought to this character that it's not just Vince Flynn's Mitrap anymore. And maybe that's blasphemy right. and people will track me down and be like, what the hell are you talking about? I just, <laughs> I, I just think after these last few novels, unless you go back and do the prequel novels, you know, the Mitch we have, the world we have now is so much of that is Kyle. Yeah. So it, it, I, I, what ultimately, you know, I think that's, I agree with everything you're now saying about total power and it, it kind of sheds new light on it. But what I ultimately hope is I don't want this to become like what I've seen with the Robert Ludlum series or what you see with the Tom Clancy series where, you know, it says Tom Clancy's, the born deception or, you know, the born dominion. You know, like, I, I hope that it's not like, are we going to get Don for a couple books? And then like, oh, now we're going to get, you know, I know Mark that Greeny for a couple agreed. books early. We're going to get Mark Greeny one year, Don Bentley one. Like I, 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 I might have to tap out and, you know, we'll, we'll I wonder I'll how to big when the I get contract is or is going to be. I, I don't remember seeing that in any of the statements. I would assume Every time you have a transition, it's got to be one or two books max. At least two books. But the thing is, I, I think the question or the answer to that question is it's in Don's hands. And I see no reason he's not going to – he's not going to nail it and, and he's not going to pick up the torch. And and it will be years from now, Mitch Rapp, the Vince Flynn character written by Kyle Mills and Don, you know, Vince, Mitch, uh, Vince, Kyle, and Don. I, I think he's going to add his name to that pantheon. I, I'm very hopeful about this. I think obviously it's Vince's character, but I think you're right, Brian. It's going to be all three of their characters. They, they all, it's like the stewards, right? You, you are a steward of something. You have a lot of responsibility and Kyle showed us the template and the way to be that faithful steward, to do it the right way yet at the same time, make it your own. I'm, I'm very hopeful about this. And the one thing I'll say, I'm really glad that this was on Kyle's terms. I do believe for a while now it's been on his mind going back to his own works and his whole plot when he wrote Enemy at the Gates to go towards the fall of American democracy, he wanted to tell. I think it's very honest of him to say, I don't know if Vince would have told it. And simply because I'm not sure I can't be the one to do it. And instead, since it's my story, I've got to go write it in my own way with my own characters. I think it's a very honest thing to say. And to do it after eight books, imagine if we got to nine or 10, I would be thinking, hey, Kyle, um, Vince only wrote, what, 13? He did. I was like, you're getting close to that. And and to me, I wouldn't want to see anybody else write 13 Mitch Rapp books, but I'm okay if you write about 10 of them. I, I don't right. I don't think it would have been right for him to stay on and stay on and stay on. If one, he was questioning. Two, he had other creative endeavors to move on to. And three, you're approaching almost equaling how much of the series is written by you versus written by Vince. And I want to keep that intact. I don't think anybody should write more Mitrat books than Vince wrote. That's a minor thing, but oh, I think that's a big thing. I think at the core it's always Vince's idea. But I also think if somebody isn't going to bring or be able to tell the story they want to tell, then they should go 
do their own works. I mean, I, right. I the, the amount, if you, I mean, you guys have talked to writers. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be friends with some writers. The amount of work that goes into crafting a novel, like just to create one every year is so staggering to me that you should be able to create the exact novel you want to create. You want to do. Yeah. Like at, at this point, you know, like if Kyle, like I, I feel I, again, Chris, I think you said at the very beginning of the episode, I, I wasn't quite sure what my at, my adjective to say how I felt was like disappointed wasn't an adjective I wanted to use because then I would feel like I am in some way implying that I am disappointed that Kyle is like, Kyle gave is going to have given us nine books, you know, carrying on a series that could have disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. So if he can go and I'll be the one of the first people to go buy his book because I'm so intrigued to see where it will go. So I think like bittersweet, maybe because I'm very yeah, that's good. thrilled with what I got and also excited that like it is a very different scenario than Vince. Kyle never got to talk to Vince. You know, Kyle never was a, got to have Vince as a sounding board for ideas. Don has that, you know, there are going to be other Kyle Mills books that I can go read. So I think it's more just a, a celebration and an enjoyment of what he did with that character. And then I do think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out moving forward. And the choices Don will make will probably make some of the Vince novels even better some of the kyle novels even better and then it might make some of them be like well maybe i don't like that one as much now because i like what don did here and it ties more into this flynn book and this mills book so i think it'll be an ever-evolving list probably of the kyle and vince books yeah can't say it any better than that i think i think that's it brian i think you brought us home and things are only going to get better from here and what we love already, I think Don is going to bring forward and even enhance and elevate what we love about the series in his own way. So thank you, Kyle. A toast to you. And welcome, Don. Yes. Happy to have you. It's been great talking with you, Brian. Always love your insight on everything Mitch Rap. It was great to be there. Uh, we'll have you guys back to Comager soon, and we'll we'll pick a movie, something fun. Something non non spy. We've always come on for like spy stuff. Yeah, Let's we'll do whatever. Like... We'll we'll do we'll do a musical. We'll do My Fair Lady. What do you what do you want to do? <laughs> you there you, you pick it. We'll do Sideways. Right. Mike can bring his wine, and we'll do Sideways. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I've, all I know is that he, the guy doesn't like Merlot. I've never he seen does, Sideways. He does not like Merlot. So don't bring Merlot. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, Brian and Mike. And I love this about like different series. Like pe some people's like favorite thing about a series can be completely different from someone else's. Yeah. You know, we just had Brian on and <laughs> my, my worst book is his favorite book. <laughs> Total power. Yeah. He, he drove a hard bargain though. I mean, he was, he was convincing me. I'm sitting here like, I might move total power up a few spots with some of the things that he was over saying. the course of the conversation. I think it might have. Uh, I need to. I need to go back and reread it. Maybe we should do that. We should do it when we're when we have nothing to do. We'll do a total power reread. We have to thank our patrons, our special operator Sherry F, our special agents Daryl, Kevin, George, Ben, Matt, Don, Peggy, Ray, Bridget, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review. 
to all three of our seasons of No Limits using Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or using Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch.